Hi, and welcome to season three of WOW Talk. My name is Donna Capacity. And my name is Dr. Darlene Gustin, naturopathic doctor. So good to be back, isn't it? I can't wait. I know we've got so many great topics coming up. And today we are going to talk about seasonal health. Dr. Gustin, what do we mean when we say seasonal health? Well, you can support your health different ways according to what's happening, where you live, environmentally, whether you're living indoors, outdoors, getting the fresh air, the sunshine, the produce that's in season or not. So there's uh, a way to leverage towards your best health to be conscious of the fact that there are different ways to support your health depending on what season it is. So right now it's fall time. We're approaching Thanksgiving and I don't know about you, but everybody's so excited about pumpkin spice flavored everything. And that's something subconsciously, intuitively, we know that we're drawn to those warming spices, the cinnamon, the cloves, the nutmeg. We're not really naturally inclined to want watermelon and peppermint, right? That's right. Yeah. And apples too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is the time for apples and pears. And you're right, because I'm thinking about apple pie. But <laughs> not that squash. that's healthy, but yeah. Oh, yes. Soup, oh, yeah. that soup. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's cold outside, we, we naturally, our health is benefited by the warm temperature and the warming foods. So in Chinese medicine, um, there are foods such as cinnamon and ginger, which are, or the uh, chili peppers. Those are very warming spices. And there are cooling ones, which are not very attractive to us right now. And um, and so that helps our body function best and prepare and keep our immune system strong from season to season. But also as Canadians, there is a seasonal pattern that I see in my clinic that's not necessarily coming from Chinese medicine, but, but usually about October 1st, that's my cutoff date that I say, okay, switch, it's time to talk about fall and winter and the days are getting shorter. Do we need vitamin D? I usually tell people, when your tan's gone, let's talk vitamin D. And um, also, the deeper we go into the winter, the more our foods are picked green in another country. And it's more time between when the food is picked and when we eat it. So the nutritional value, the enzymes are affected by this. So the more we go into winter, the lower the food quality of the produce that we find in a grocery store, even if we're buying raw foods, but, but it's even worse when you're buying foods that are frozen or in a jar or pickled or canned would maybe be the worst canned or dried. So this is just something that um, affects our nutrition. So with, for instance, multivitamins, that's more of a winter thing because you're, you're replacing into those foods, the nutrients that I mentioned are missing. So everybody's asking, oh, which multi should I take? And um, and then with cold and flu season, it's very common to find Canadians deficient in zinc and C and D. And of course, you can't just blanket that list and and have everybody take it. I I customize that, and sometimes I'll find a person who does not need the zinc. <laughs> so you've answered all of my questions except one that I'm thinking of, which is would people living in a different climate where the seasons don't change as dramatically as they do here, would they be going through the same sort of thing? 
So I think even if it's hot all year in the country that you live in, you still have cycles in nature. For instance, how far the sun is away from the earth as we travel a, another trip around the sun. And also the monthly cycle with the moon. Um, not to exclude the fact that there's the female cycle in different stages in life. So even if you removed all of those variables, I think that there's great benefit to cycling what you do. Like I'm taking patients off of supplements as often as I put them on supplements, trying to maximize their lifestyle changes as the cornerstone of where their health comes from. And also, for instance, with the cancer survivors, there's a lot of supplements that patients are interested in that they would get value from different supplements that reduce inflammation or free radical damage the use of antioxidants to remove free radicals or how often should you cleanse and so you could come up with a rotation and some of these things are testable in in the naturopath's office so the patient doesn't necessarily have symptoms but i'll tell the person well, we know your history in thermography is that we usually see lymphatic congestion. So we would say in the springtime, it's time to cleanse. Should we do liver cleanse, lymph cleanse, a little bit of both, especially people who are missing lymph nodes after their cancer surgeries? Like myself. Right. So, so it's not like you have a symptom. If you're feeling good, and but on thermography... 80% of the time, I find the lymphatic congestion. So it's not necessarily seasonal, but but for me practicing in Canada, I do tend to gear the cleanses to spring and fall. And then also, if it's not a traditional season as far as temperature, there are still seasonal changes in how long the days are, right? I was just going to ask that too, because sometimes we have a longer summer or a second summer. Right. As they call it. Right. And every summer's not the same. Oh, that's right? for sure. So I remember a few years ago, there was one summer that I don't know if we had one sunny day. It was a cold, dark, rainy summer. It was like it didn't happen at all. I remember that one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so in a, in a stretch of weather like that, where it's damp and dark and cold, your body wants warm and cozy. You still don't want the watermelon, right? You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so a lot of it we feel, but we're just not used to paying attention to it because we're not as connected to nature as we were when we lived on the farms. I also wanted to ask you about mental health and the seasons. I know we could do a whole episode on that alone, but maybe you could just touch on it. Sure. So the big thing for us Canadians is the seasonal affective disorder, which for some people is connected to vitamin D deficiency. But realistically, I find that vitamin D is not always enough. You still need the actual sun. And it, it can be more complicated than that. It could actually even be what we call subclinical hypothyroid. So the thyroid's not diagnosed as a problem, but it's in the lazy gray area. And then and then you can only handle so much. And then the additional factors of lower nutritional value in the food, shorter days, not going outside, not getting enough oxygen. And you just add them all up and it becomes a more complex 
feeling of winter blues and a more complex answer where you have to do what I call the a little bit of everythings. Okay, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's usually just the basics. Like, what are you eating? How is your sleep? Do you drink water? Did you get outside? Like many of my patients, they commute to get to work. We're in the greater Toronto area. It's uh, it's not a short commute. No. And um, they leave their homes or their condos and it's dark outside. They're in traffic to get to work or they work in some condo again and then five six o'clock it's dark and they get into their car and then they might not see the light of day all week right yes yes is there any merit in having those happy lights I purchased one and I did start using it midway through last winter yeah and I thought maybe I should have more than one in the house <laughs> I don't know is I, I I don't even know if there's studies done on them absolutely and and it's funny I call it the happy light too oh, <laughs> so so I'll take this opportunity to throw in a little story okay great so one of my patients many years ago was um, working on seasonal affective disorder with me and she asked about the happy light and I had just recently received some literature from one of the companies that I know and trust. And she asked me to arrange to get her one of the better professional models of the happy light. So for those of you who don't know, this is full spectrum lighting. And I bought this for this patient and I, I didn't know what to expect. She asked and I said to her, I get, I'll give her the honest answer. I, I don't know what to expect. We're hoping for the best. I trust this company. I can't wait to see what happens. But what I did was I ordered an extra one for me because okay. I was curious. And I would have never thought that I experience a seasonal drop in mood or energy because I feel like I'm energetic and happy most of the time. You see me year round. Yes. <laughs> and you're consistent. I thought so. And um, so I bought this happy lamp and I put it on my desk and the way it works, it's like a little mini floodlight that's maybe six by six inches and it just sits on your desk and it shines this very bright light on your face and it just turns itself off in 15 minutes and so you're supposed to do that every morning for 15 minutes so I did that and um and when I was finished I gave it to the receptionist and said hey you want to do this with me so both of us did it and before the end of the week I went bouncing over to my receptionist and said to her, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm feeling really happy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so I did feel the lift and I thought, wow, I didn't even feel it, but I'm going to do this every winter. So usually around November when I'm kind of feeling gray and I'm wearing a lot of gray as a color and the leaves have fallen off the trees and, and, and it's, it's not Christmas yet. You know, and it's dark <laughs> so early. Yeah. yeah. So then I go looking for my happy lamp. Okay. All right. Well, I know where mine is. Good, <laughs> so good. I'll get mine plugged into in November. Good. So that is great. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about uh, health? through the seasons? Well, generally, winter is the time of year that the supplement list is the heaviest, that I give things like the vitamin D or the multivitamin. Sometimes I use greens products, people who are not the best eaters or poor digestion, older patients, just to top up 
the nutritional value of their diet. And that's something that can be in a beverage form. They sell powders yes. to mix into water. And, um, and then there's also mold season. So for us here in November, I say to patients when the leaves fall and it starts raining on them, we get a lot of sinus and mold related symptoms in patients. And then again in March, when the snow is melting and the earth is thawing. So those two months stand out as mold month. And of course we have allergy seasons, of course. And in the spring, it's more about cleansing. And then in the summer, I try to minimize or stop all the supplements, give the body a break and say, eat the good stuff. Watermelons yes. in season, and cherry season. Things are fresh. We yes. grow so much produce here in Ontario, where we are from. And I just love buying local and from the, the farms. It's a fantastic time to, to eat. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And people with ulcers often have their symptoms escalate in the spring and fall. So that can help be a clue to the diagnosis. Okay, then. Um, would you happen to have any tools that uh, we could leave our listeners with? Like anything that they could be mindful of? I mean, we've mentioned a bunch of things. Well, you have anyway. But is there something, you know, let's say like, let's say a little checklist or something that they could look at or think about in their heads going into this season, this fall season? Well, usually that checklist and that to-do list is based on some form of an assessment. So, so you can guess, I'm Canadian, it's winter, and, and just listen to some of the common sense comments that we've had today. But, but ideally, the patients that I see, they have somewhat of a roadmap to follow. So maybe we've tested their hair for heavy metals and mineral deficiencies. Maybe we've looked at their live cell analysis. Maybe they've had a medical doctor do their blood work. So we have a roadmap and we match not just because it's a certain season, but it's always individualized to the needs of that individual. So it's it's hard to really give a checklist. Um, and we have given a short, short version of the top three that I'd be looking for. And um but why don't we do a recap? Okay, sure. Three? Great idea. So so seasonally as Canadians, I find the three most common deficiencies for fall and winter are vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. Going beyond that, the use of antioxidants. Antioxidants are supplements or foods that have the ability to quench up free radical damage which I can best describe in a very casual way as rust. So that's things like vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin E, green tea, blueberries, resveratrol, coenzyme Q10, alpha lipoic acid. So it's a very, very long list. And then just the simple use of greens in general. Also in the winter, I find that we require a higher amount of fat healthy essential fatty acids such as fish oil and um, also to maintain sufficient hydration because we're indoors and the artificial heat is on and that can be very dehydrating so drinking enough fluids to see clear urine and also seasonally one big big comment that maybe we can make a whole other podcast on is indoor air quality so very good one. Yes, good point. 
Definitely. So things like people who are in a new home, moved into a new home, and this is their first winter, a new home can off-gas chemical fumes for a good two years. So a lot of new homeowners have vague symptoms, fatigue, headaches, etc., from the chemical exposure. So the chemical exposure, once we close our doors and close our windows, you're trapped in that house with whatever's going on. So with the older homes, it could be mold and you don't see it at first. So there could be windows with condensation. There could be leaks in the basement underneath your floor. There could be um, roof shingles that got loose and there's water dripping to the other corner of the house. So it's estimated that one third of the homes have certain amount of mold. And then with older homes also, the the building materials that were used previously are not what they were. They're safer now. So there could be, you know, renovating old homes. There could be heavy metals and things like lead that we don't see so much in the paint and the blinds like we did before. Wow, you are correct. That is a whole other episode. That's the next podcast. That will be it for <laughs> sure. Well, maybe not the next one we post, but the next one we record. For sure. Absolutely. Anyway, well, thank you so much. You have enlightened us and you've given us so many um, ideas and things to think about going into fall season and winter, which is ahead of us now. And uh, and anyone wanting to um, ask Dr. Gustin any questions, by all means, send them in an email or leave us a comment. Or if you're in the area, call the clinic and uh, make an appointment with her. We will have that in our description, the information that you need. So thank you for listening. And thank you, Donna. It's always a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Bye. Bye.